Visitors, we welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. We're glad that you've come to worship with us today. Got some announcements I'd like to make before we get started. Uh, one is uh, a flyer, and it has talks about the grand opening, and so we just want you to, to know this is our opportunity as Christ Church to open up the, the new building and this building to the community. And it starts at 10.30 in the morning and goes all the way to 9 o'clock at night. Be a part of whatever you want. And also, uh, we could use your help as volunteers. Out in, the, out in the welcome area, there's a long table of, of uh, different ways that you can volunteer to be a part of it. It's a, it's a pretty big deal for our church because it's, it's something that we can serve the community. We want others to know about it. So... Uh, please plan to attend and, and actually participate. Uh, do what you can. Uh, we would like you to fill out the, the, the form here, um, attendance form, that helps out the office and uh, lets us know uh, all of you who are here and also other things that you can mark there that might be of interest. Uh, we have several things coming up. A movie night. We're going to go see a movie on August 27th, and it is... Uh, it, it, if you want prepaid tickets, I think it's $10 at the door, but uh, Joy is going to go and order tickets ahead of time. So contact Joy and uh, let her know, or the church office, that you want a ticket and we'll get it for $6. Uh, you can see that it's the movie Overcomer, and it, it's uh, one by the Kendrick Brothers. You know other movies that they have done. It's, it's going to be really good, I'm sure. Uh, notice there are other things that are coming up. The Friends of God Disciple Experience, Discipleship Experience, and, and obviously it's a, a big emphasis this, this fall in terms of uh, our uh, discipleship education. You can see when those start or when those will be. Uh, also, uh, the Bluegrass Gospel Service, every Saturday night we're, we're continuing on with those. We uh, will have, uh, we'll continue to have those if you'd like to be a, uh, come to that, be a part of that. However, there will be no Saturday night service on September 7th because of all the services of Christ Church coming together for that one big service over in the new building at 1030 on the 8th. Um, other things are listed as you can see. There's one that I, I hope you will take advantage of and, and, and be a part of, and that is the baptism service this afternoon. And you can read about it. It's at 4 o'clock down in Milan uh, at uh, Richard and Cindy Willard's house, their pool. We've used that the last few years. And this is an opportunity. One, if you've never been baptized, would like to be baptized, please see me after the service so we can get you uh, ready for that. Uh, also, And this is a baptism by immersion. If you would like to experience a renewal of your baptism, you're welcome to do that too. Just come prepared with uh, an extra set of clothes and uh, you're welcome to renew your baptism vows that were made at your, your, your baptism. And that usually is uh, when somebody recognizes they want to go deeper with Christ. And they are, they're, they're ready for that. Um, we're going to show you a, a little video of, of uh, the, the event that happened a couple years ago. And, and one reason we're showing it is because uh, uh, that's when, <coughs> when Emma... Uh, gave her, or decided to, to have uh, a renewal of baptism. And uh, Emma Kindred, as you know, was our, last few years, was our summer intern. She's 
Uh, I think out of that experience, she uh, affirmed her call to ministry. And uh, since then, she's done well. She's hidden, hit, going to go into her junior year at uh, uh, Naperville. And she has uh, accepted a position there, a leadership position uh, with, the, with the students. And, and she is also uh, has her own office there part of her ministry and and because of her her position she will soon be uh, preaching to the student body which is about 3,000 people so it is exciting to see what it, what's happening in Emma's life and so be praying for her um, I, you know proud mama's right there you can see, see her she just sort of, uh, but we're she is someone that we all, all need to be proud of but just to show you a little bit about what happens at one of the baptism uh, services, I'd like you to watch this video. Hallelujah, let's give praise to God. Would you stand to your feet this morning and continue to worship Him? Jesus, make a noise, shout it from the mountain. Shout it from the rooftops. Shout it from the hills. Shout it in the streets till the whole world hears what God has done. What he's doing now, 
lift the name of Jesus, come on, shout it out. We want to make you famous. We want to make you known. We want to glorify you. I guess there's after the eighth, but on the Wednesday before the eighth, which is the fourth, we're going to have a celebration uh, that evening for uh, Sean's ministry with us, and we want you all to, to be a part of that. Sean, we do thank you for your willingness to be in ministry with well, us. Well, I didn't know there was that much evidence of how much I've goofed around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's more, Sean. <laughs> That's true. You encouraged it. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you so much. I, I, I love you guys, truly. And we, as the body of Christ, uh, this is only the beginning. We're together forever, for eternity, together on the same mission to make Christ famous here in South Carolina and all throughout the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's continue to praise God. Brian, did you put that together? <laughs> I got I to I gotta, thank, thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. <laughs> as we declare God's greatness and his goodness hey just for a minute close your eyes and imagine what's going on in your life right now is there any obstacle or any situation 
that might just seem too big for you to conquer. And we admit that we are not powerful enough, but with God's help, God's glory, God's power, nothing is impossible. Amen, church? With God, all things are possible. And our God is greater than every situation. So we lay them down at your feet this morning. In the name of Jesus, all God's people say, come on, lift it up. Water you turned into wine You opened the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Sing it to Jesus Into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you. Let's declare it this morning. Let's sing it. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Come on, Daryl, play it for us. the God of miracles, water returns. Sing it out. Water you turned into wine. You opened the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Lord, into the darkness you shine. And out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. Come on, church. Sing it out. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Sing our God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, Lord Jesus. And if our God is for us, we declare a church song. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? Our God. Sing it out now. Said our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Keep playing true. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. 
Awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. Come on, church. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. the streams of abundance flow blessed be your name blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place when I walk through the wilderness blessed be your name sing it church every blessing you pour out I'll Turn back to praise When the darkness closes in, Lord Still I will say Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be your name Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be your glory Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. There's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name, Lord, and every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Take away. 
Let's bless the name of the Lord. Give him all your praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, if the kiddos just stay right there for a minute, I have to say, Sean, don't you just love surprises? Oh, I love surprises. Wow, that is the first time I've ever seen him speechless. <laughs> we, yes, yes, yes. Uh, we dug into the archives for that, so I hope you enjoyed that. We'll I miss did. you, and thank you, Brian, for pulling that all together. It was thank you, awesome. Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, just a reminder, for the grand opening on September 8th, parents, the children's choir will be singing. And uh, we'll be singing at the beginning of the service, but we also have, we're going to have a great big hoop like they run through for football, and they're going to burst out. So we got some things planned. Be looking in your email box because I'll be telling you some more details. But for small talk time, we got to go, we got to practice. Right, Yari? So let's go. <laughs> As part of our worship, we have an opportunity to give back to God a little bit of what he has given to us. And so I'd like us to uh, pray for this offering as um, we get ready to make that a part of our worship. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for all that you've given us. And we now return to you our tithes and offerings that, that uh, you can use them to further your kingdom work in this world. Thank you for what you have given us. And we now, in worship, as an act of worship, give back to you what, uh, what you are calling us to give. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand, and I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. Let your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Father, I see that you are drawing lying in the sand and i want to be standing on your side holding your hand let your kingdom come let it live in me this is my prayer this is my plea let the worshipers arise let the sons and the daughters sing I'm surrendering my own. I surrender to the King. Father, I hear it growing louder. 
the song of your redeemed as the saints of every nation are awakening to sing from our heart there comes an anthem hear the heavens ring this is our song song to our king let the worshipers arise let the sons and the daughters sing I'm surrendering my own. I surrender to the King. We sing this chorus with us. It goes like this. Let the worshipers arise. Let your voice church. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I'm surrendering my own. I surrender to the King. One more, every voice as we awaken to be the church. Let the worshipers arise. Let me hear your voices lift Jesus. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I'm surrendering my own. I surrender to King. Lord God, we come to you with an understanding that uh, we fall short. We know that all of sin and fallen short of your glory, and we count ourselves among those who have sinned. So Lord, we ask your forgiveness for the things that we've done wrong this this week, the things that we should have done that we didn't do. And we ask for your cleansing touch and your healing touch to be upon us. We want to surrender to you, Lord, and do that which you are calling us to do. And Lord, we know that in our hearts you are placing names of those whom we need to pray for, and we now lift those names to you. Lord, we thank you for answering these prayers in the wisest ways. And be with us now as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
in the middle of a, a series called Be the Church, and one of the reasons we've been doing that is because it would be very easy to think that the church is the building, especially when we've just built uh, an addition to the church, and we'll be opening that up to the community on September 8th. But we need to remember that the Bible sees the church as the people. And actually, we learned that early on, didn't we, as kids? Do you remember this? Where everybody goes like this? It says, here's the, here's the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. The people are the church. And that's what we're been, we've been looking at. And we have been looking at different metaphors or analogies from the Bible that shows us what the church is supposed to be in terms of the people of the church. And today is a doozy. Today's one that may make you, especially you guys, a little, a little uh, uneasy. Kind of difficult to wrap your mind around. And the, the idea is, be the church as the bride of Christ. Well, how in the world do we do that? What does that mean? And I'd like us to start out by looking at 2nd chapter, of, or 2nd Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 2. And it was uh, written to a church that in some ways had lost its way. And so Paul writes, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to, uh, to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's, let's pray. Lord God, speak to us through your holy word. May this witness to your word be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul was writing to a church in Corinth that uh, in some ways had lost its way. It had gone toward the culture instead of following God. And by doing so, it was obviously losing its spiritual power. Churches today, if we're not careful, can do the same thing and God and lose God's blessing, God's hand upon the church. And so he uses this metaphor that is probably the hardest to comprehend. And guys, I, I understand that this is going to make you uncomfortable. It makes me a little uncomfortable, to be, to be honest. I mean, I just want you to think for a minute. I want you to, I want you to think for a minute and Jay and, and, and Larry, they're, they're down in, in Larry's man cave. And they're sitting back in a couple of lazy boys watching Larry's 200-inch TV screen. Huge thing, takes up the whole wall. So, you know, they, they're, watching, they're watching an NFL football game. Not just any NFL football game. This is the Packers versus the Bears. And they're, they're, they're watching the first part of the game. And, and there Aaron Rodgers, he goes up to, to you know, starts hollering, get, getting ready to take the snap. And on the other side is Khalil Mack, and he's... He's ready to rush the quarterback, ready to rip his head off if he gets a chance. 
they're in that tense moment, just, just ready for, for that ball to be hiked. And Larry turns to Jay and said, hey, how about at halftime we put on bridal veils and talk about the church being the bride of Christ? Oh, yeah, I hate it when he does it. Hey, that, you, that's not going to happen. That's not the macho thing to do. Hey, we're going to talk about football. So what in the world is going on here? True, the bride of Christ is a, a, an analogy that is perhaps one of the most difficult ones that we've looked at in this series. However, there are several insights that we can gain from the New Testament about uh, the church and the Bride of Christ. Now, just as a reminder, um, and maybe seeing what's going on here, how this is used. Uh, first, remember, we, we talked about the body in 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul speaks of the church as the body of Christ, each each Christian making up a part of the body, and they're all important, they all do different things, and we make up the body of Christ, Jesus being the head. Then we talked about uh, the branch, and uh, Jesus being the, the vine, and we are the branches, and the, you know, there, there's a connection between the vine and the branch, and, and it leads to, to fruit. And then we talked about living stones, remember that? Living stones in Ephesians 2, where Paul speaks of, of the church as composed of many stones connected to the cornerstone, and these living stones are being built in a spiritual temple that is still being built today. You know, those, those, are, those are also metaphors or analogies. You know, but obvious, obviously, we're not, we're not branches. We're not stones. We're not body parts. You know, each idea and comparison helps us understand who Christ is and who we are in Christ and what God is wanting us to do in the world. So we now come to this final one, which is the bride of Christ. And I'd like to just point out a few things about this analogy that I think will help you understand what uh, the Bible is getting at when we look at the bride of Christ. Now, at a wedding, you usually hear the, the phrase that two shall become what? One. That's right. You know, it's just from the Bible. And, and, and where it is, it... it uh, uh, in Ephesians 5, 22 through, or 25 through 32, we learn about this profound mystery of two becoming one. And, and Paul gets into it this way. He says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. And then later on in this, you know, after he talks about, you know, for man, uh, for this reason, a man should leave his father and mother and be united uh, with, to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. In 32, it says, this is a profound mystery. It's a profound mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. He's being very adamant about that, that. That this is a connection between Jesus Christ and the church. That the two shall be one. Now, this is 
This is what he's getting at. It, when, when the husband and wife are physically one, so we will be one spiritually with Christ. That's what we're moving toward. Now, how can this happen? And the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you know what that means? It means we're dirty, rotten scoundrels. You know, we, we, we horribly are, we're horribly sinful beings. That's, that's what it means. So we constantly go our own way instead of doing what, what Christ wants us to do. And therefore, we, we, after you know, sinning, we, we, need, we need God's forgiveness. And it requires an understanding of the extent of the salvation message that happens in Jesus Christ. You know, we talk a lot about how he came into this world, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross, not for things that he did wrong, but for the things that we did wrong. He died for our sins. And folks, that's, that, that's just awesome. However, he does not just leave us there. You know, can you imagine being crippled by our sins. Yeah, we've been forgiven of, of our sins, but we're still in that hobbled state of or in con, uh, condition. But the thing we need to realize is that he not only forgives us, but he begins an extraordinary work process in our lives that is transforming us into something else, something far, far greater. And here, in this analogy, we see it. Oh, we, we've seen it before. Some of you have been there, done that. Women, when, when you were married, you were the bride. And when we have a wedding here in this church, I get a ringside seat. Because I'm up there. You know, I, I'm standing up there at the beginning of the wedding. Those doors open up. And in walks the most beautiful creature that anyone has ever seen. At least the, the groom thinks so. And she comes in with you know, a beautiful dress. Um, and she has prepared for this moment. Uh, and she looks gorgeous. And there's oohs and ahs and some tears and everybody, you know, their breath is taken away because she looks absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. And I always, I always sneak a peek at the groom just to see what his reaction is. It's always the same, you know. You know, the groom is, is saying, I said, so I, thinking to himself, I'm the most luckiest man in the world. She comes forward and Generally, usually, the father is walking her down the aisle. And it's a big moment for the dad. Big, huge, huge moment for the dad. Um, and they get, they get to about right here. And I'm, I'm, you know, up there looking very pastoral, you know. And I ask a question which is the most stupid question I think has ever been asked a father. And I mean, it is a dumb question. 
And I have to keep a straight face while I ask it. Who gives this woman to be married to this man? And then the dad has to respond in the correct way or he gets jabbed in the shoulders by his, or in the ribs by his, his daughter. And he's supposed to say, her mother and I do, or I do, one of those two. And then he goes and sits down. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm sure, I think that's the most ridiculous question and answer I've, I've ever heard. Because I know what that dad is thinking. When I say, who gives this woman to be married to this man? I look at him. I know what he's saying. He's saying, are you nuts? Do you think I can give this beautiful creature away? I mean, I, I was there when she was born. I've held her in my arms, rocked her to sleep. You know, she had the croup and she was crying uncontrolled and my wife was too tired to even deal with it. I was there through the night holding her. You know, I, 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 I taught her to ride a bike. When she'd fall and skin her knees, she'd run to me for comfort. I was there to comfort her when she had her first time heartbroken. You expect me to give her away? And and this Mr. Wonderful, where was he when she had the measles? Where was he when she had the flu? And I took care of her. And this guy waltzes into her life, steals her heart away from away from me. See, I used to, she used to be daddy's girl. And now you expect me to give this beautiful young lady away? You didn't know all that goes on and maybe you did in the heart of the father. But the truth is the bride has spent most of her life preparing for that moment to be a bride. And oh man, talk about the the time that goes into planning the wedding and getting the right dress and everything else that, that, that makes that moment so beautiful. The bride being presented to the groom. Now, it's through the power of Jesus' redemption and transfer, uh, transformation of us that we will become the church who will be perfectly and joyfully obeying Christ in all things and, and being fully in tune with Christ's vision, desires, and heart when we are the bride of Christ. We will be one with him spiritually, the two becoming one. And that's an analogy of what, of what Christ attends 
to do spiritually with us. Like a bride and a groom coming together. Now secondly, it's important as we look at this analogy that we recognize that we are loved by Jesus and that we belong to him. John 3.29 puts this this way. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, Jesus says, and it is now complete. Now what is he talking about there? He's talking about that time when the bride will be presented to the groom, when the church will be presented to to Jesus, the groom. And it is in a tradition or, you know, the time frame when when, uh, weddings were a little different. First there was the engagement. We'll talk about that in a minute. But then there was this long time. It was usually over a year when the bride had to wait for the groom to come to be married. Now, ladies, imagine, if you will, that you knew you were, going, you were engaged, you knew you were going to be married, but you didn't know when that day was going to be. It was picked by the, the groom, and it was going to be a surprise. You just had to be ready. You had to be ready for when the groom would come with his party. And that's, that's what happened during that time, and that, that's what... Uh, uh, Jesus is getting at when he talks about the bride belonging to the groom. It was a, it was a long engagement of at least a year where they were legally, legally by contract, husband and wife, even though they were not together yet. But she belonged to him as his bride. Now, the reality is that this metaphor helps us understand that Jesus loves us just as we are, warts and all. He loves us just as we are. When I look at my wife, Joy, I see the most beautiful woman in the world. Sorry, guys, you're out of luck. I have the most beautiful woman in the world. And men, if you are smart, you think the same thing about your wife that she is the most beautiful woman in the world. That is the way a spouse looks adoringly upon a husband or wife. That's just what married couples should do. Jesus looks at us in the same way with his loving eyes. You see, it's not over. We're not there yet at the wedding but the engagement is on, and it's a, it's, a, it's a long engagement. Now, if you have a self-image problem, and quite honestly, it, to some extent, we all do, and if it's difficult for you to believe that anyone, let alone God, could ever love you, if you think that you're unworthy of that, then this bride analogy is especially for you. Remember that this bride of Christ was chosen by the author of the Bible, by God himself. And he's showing, and and he is showing reflection of his true thoughts in this toward us. 
Now, third is that our home will be with him. When this wedding culminates in Revelation 21-2, John says, I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Now, what is there? The, the, the holy city, New Jerusalem, is not the bride, but those who live in it. You see, that is the new home of the bride and groom. And, and then four, uh, it's important for us to know that our, our spiritual purity matters. And that's what, that's what Paul is getting at in 2 Corinthians 11, 2, when he says, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you one to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. We can't, we can't have interests that are stronger than, than our relationship with Christ. You know, back in, in the Old Testament, you have this time and time again where people went with culture and society and false gods, and they strayed away from God. And, and it was, you know, they, they would have to return to him. But it's that point where they, they lose their, their spirituality and their power because they stray from what God is calling them to do. When we stray away from the authority of the Bible, then we are in a serious potential of losing God's favor. You know, God's hand, I believe, is on this church. But if we start negating what the Bible says, which is God's book, then the Holy Spirit's hand will, will, will leave this church. And I, I, folks, I don't, I don't want that to happen. And so I take seriously when, when, when Paul says, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you one, to one husband, to Christ, so that I, I might present you as a pure virgin to him. We need, to t we need to pay attention to that. You know, instead of running after socially acceptable false gods, we need to be worshiping the real, true God in our life. We need to be careful here. The last one is our righteous acts are beautiful adornments on the bride. The fine linen, as is referred to in in uh, the book of Revelation. It's, uh, it's what we do. You know, if you think of accepting Christ as Savior and Lord of your life, you know what he did, it did uh, for you and, it, and made it possible for you to go to heaven when you die. There's this transformation process that's happening. And a lot of it depends on being willing to do the things that God wants you to do. You know, this... You know, like yesterday, uh, you know, all the Silvis uh, events, and some of you were involved in that, um, the, the race and, and also the, the um, <clears throat> different events that were happening downtown, um, the, the parade, walking in the parade with our float. You know, we, we, had, we have a lot of tired people who helped with that. Some, some, uh, some are pretty tired who ran the race. Um, just to, just to let you know, um, uh, Annabelle Pocket and Eamon ran, you know, Annabelle, about, about this high. Uh, 
Uh, she loves to run. She ran in the race. Sean ran in the race. Annabelle beat Sean. Just, just saying. <laughs> not, not that she might want to do something with that or not. But uh, she smoked him. And then, you know, there, there's things coming up. We, we got this whole uh, list of things where you, could, you can participate in the, in the uh, open house that we're going to have and park, you know, help, help out in the uh, parking and, and different things that are coming up that need to be done. Um, a, lot of, a lot of things that, where you can, you can help. And it's an all-hands-on-deck event. It's not, for, it's not for us. This is when we invite the people out in the highways and the byways to come in. And there'll be tours of, the, of not only the new building, but this building. And, uh, you know, those things, those things uh, are uh, services that you do for Jesus Christ in his church. And, and there's a lot of others, uh, other things that are done. And you do that with your spiritual gifts. And, um, all those are righteous adornments, uh, are righteous acts that, that uh, are adornments on the, the bride of Christ. Now, understand that we are not saved by the good things we do. Okay? It's more like this. He died for me. Therefore, I'm going to live for him. It's like a love letter. Right at the end of the love letter, all the rest of our life, it says, P.S., I love you. And you, you act out that love with what you do by serving others. Now, you know, those are five, at least five things to talk about the, 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 the bride of Christ, and hopefully it, it helps you. But let's go back. Let's go back to Jay and Larry for a minute. These these good old boys, okay. Nothing special about them. They're just like us, and they're just like the followers of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus Christ. So I'd like you to imagine Jay and Larry and the boys sitting around a table with Jesus, okay. If not Jan and Larry, the, the disciples that are just just like us. I mean, they they were hardworking guys, had calloused hands, and uh, they didn't have these you know high educations. They 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 were hardworking guys, and they decided to follow Jesus, and they were following him, even when the going got tough. So at the Last Supper which uh, we know was uh, a Passover meal for them. Uh, Jesus led them through the, the Passover. He, uh, he led them through the liturgy that everybody knew around that table. They had heard it since they were very young. I mean, families would do this, and, and the, it, it would start out, the night would start out with the youngest person, you know, usually, usually the youngest child who can speak, would say to the host, usually through to the to the dad, why is tonight different from all other nights? And that's what would start a liturgy explaining about Passover that would go through the whole meal. Now, you know, the, the guys sitting around that table were the disciples of Jesus and and wouldn't you, wouldn't you just love to be the youngest guy there? Like, oh man, I got to say this. I'm not a kid. I, and, but yeah, yeah, you're the youngest. You got to do it. It's probably, it was probably John. 
the disciple John. And so John would say, why is this night different from all other nights? You know, his whole life he's heard this. And then, then the liturgy starts, and Jesus goes through the liturgy, and, and he's uh, going through it, going through it, going through it, and he gets to, he gets to a cup. And when he picks up the cup, he shifts gears. He leaves the liturgy, and he moves to another liturgy. You've heard me talk about this before. The other liturgy he moves to is the engagement liturgy. Now, I mentioned it before. This is how it all starts. The two fathers get together. It's usually many times a prearranged marriage, but it it may have been that the, you know, the young couple knew that something was, was happening. Maybe they um, were in love. It just, it just was the two fathers. The two fathers said, get together. And they would negotiate a bride price. And it basically would go like this. Well, you know, she helps out around the house a lot. Losing that is going to be pretty expensive. And so they'd negotiate how much the bride is worth. And when they would reach a price... That the, that the bride's family was going to pay, or, or the, I'm sorry, that the groom's family was going to pay the bride's family for the loss of the bride or the daughter, then the, the young folks would, would do their part. Now, what was their part? Well, the, the potential groom would take a chalice of wine. And he would offer it to the potential bride. And this is, this is like an engagement, you know, in, in our culture, uh, usually the guy gets down on one knee, and, and if he's smart, he's already bought the ring. And he shows her the ring. And it's a little hard to say no when that ring's looking at you. At least that's what I did. I don't know about, about you guys, but it worked for me, plus I got her in a weak moment. Um, married way, way above myself. I know that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the the in in that culture, they would the 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 groom would have the cup of wine, and he would basically say, "This cup represents my life, and I'm giving my life to you. Will you marry me?" And she, in turn, has. To a decision. To, she could go one of two ways. She could take the cup and she could give it back to the young man. Do you know what that would mean? That means, no way am I going to marry you. What were you thinking? I'm not going to marry you. Not in a million years would I marry you. And when that happens, they just all say, well, that didn't work out, and they go home. The other is the young man says, you know, I, I'm going to give you my life. I want to give you my life. Will you marry me? And she takes the cup. And if she takes the cup and she drinks from the cup, what do you think that means? That's, that's her saying, yes, I will marry you. And the official engagement goes on from there. Now, Jay and Larry and the boys are sitting around the table with Jesus. 
and Jesus is going through this liturgy, and all of a sudden, Jesus shifts gears, and he goes from the Passover liturgy to the engagement liturgy. And he looks at these guys, these calloused hand guys, and he says, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. My blood given for you. Will you give your life to me? Do you see it? That's what he's doing. It would have shocked those guys. What is Jesus doing here? And then maybe they started to get it. He's giving us his life. He wants us to give our lives to him. And then around that room, this profound mystery happens. Around that room, each one of the guys took the cup and they drank from it. And at that moment, the engagement was sealed. And the church, the bride of Christ, came into being. Now, there will come a time. We don't know when, but there will come a time when Jesus comes back to claim his bride, to claim each of you. And our goal, our job is to be ready. To be ready. That's what the church of Jesus Christ is. So I invite you to be the church. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be the church. I ask that you will be with us as we move forward from here, that we will uh, better understand our call and be willing to do that which you are calling us to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. And as we uh, close out this series, we're going to play the song Build Your Kingdom here that we've been playing, singing the last few weeks is our kind of song, but I, I do have to defend myself a little bit. <laughs> Roger said that uh, in the race I was beat by a young girl, and that's not really true. I was beat by lots of little girls. <laughs> <laughs> Would you stand as we sing Build Your Kingdom here? Every voice is lifted high to Christ this morning. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again increase in us we pray unveil while we're made come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls holy spirit come invade us now we are your church we need your power in us. We seek 
your kingdom first we hunger and we thirst refuse to waste our lives for your joy and prize to see the captive heart release the hurt the sick the poor at peace we lay down our lives for heaven's cause we are the church we pray revive this earth build your kingdom here let the darkness fear show your Kingdom's power reaching near and far. No force of hell can stop your beauty changing hearts. You made us for much more than this. Awake the kingdom seed in us. Fill us with the strength and love of you to be the church in this world. So go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let him save them as he is saving you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the people of God, shout it. Amen. Amen. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your Yeah. 
Come on down. 